0: Make this declaration, say it out loud This is my Bible I am what it says I am I have what it says I have And I do what it tells me to do And I love my Bible So I make this as a confession That I will meditate therein Both day and night On a chapter in the morning And on a chapter in the evening And because I do My life is blessed It's no more a mess. Now everything I touch, come on, everything I touch, it now turns to success. If you believe that shout hallelujah, hallelujah, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this another opportunity to meditate your word. Your word, O God, is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We ask you to shine the light of your word to us today by the Holy Spirit. We say yes and amen to the promises. Show us your word. Reveal to us your promise that we may stand upon it even in the face of contradictory circumstances. We put our hope in you. We put our trust in you. Thank you for helping us today through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Before you're seated, can you put your hands together and help us welcome our Facebook family live and those that are joining us on YouTube. Welcome to Faith Family Church. We believe that you're in the right place. Let's go ahead and get into the Word of God, in Jesus' name. You may be seated. I want you to open your Bible with me to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 30. We're going to conclude our series today that we're calling Life and Death. We started it right after, or right at Easter Sunday, Celebration Resurrection Sunday. And the text is found in Deuteronomy, chapter 30. God says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. And it's so important when we uh, read the Word of God, meditate it, when we hear it, it's so important for us to understand it and comprehend it. And one of the things that I've learned, I learned this from my father, other pastors and ministers, is that the Bible is God speaking to me. And so when I read it, I want to find out what is God saying to me through this verse or through this passage, through this story. You know, I don't read it just as a, as a history book. I read it as God's word to me. And I believe that God is speaking this very scripture to us, his children, even to this day. He's saying, I'm calling all of heaven and earth as witness against us that he has given us a choice that we can choose in this life life or we can choose in this life death. He encourages us to choose life. I mean, who wouldn't? To choose blessing and to choose good over cursing and evil but at the end of the day and what he's saying is the choice is up to you and so what Jesus came to do on resurrection Sunday was a matter of life and death he literally gave his life so that you could live and have a good life have an uh, abundant life beyond that we understand that it is a matter of choice It's not just a matter of life and death. This message, this entire series is a matter of life and death. But beyond that, it's a matter of choice. And then last week, man, we looked at a message that we called the power of the tongue. How do you choose between life and between death? I mean, how do you make that choice? Isn't that choice predetermined? Doesn't life or fate determine what kind of life you live or What your experience is in this life? Beyond that, isn't God in control? So I didn't get that promotion, so it must not have been the will of God for me to get that promotion, some people say. Well, I didn't get healed. Well, it must not be the will of God for me to be healed. Because, you know, after all, God is in control. Is he? If God is in control of what happens here on the earth, then I don't know if I would serve him. Oh, that's alarming to somebody. But let me be clear. If God is in control of everything that happens on the planet, then he has it in a mess. Because there's babies dying. There's bad things that happen. There's wickedness that runs rampant through. If God is in control of that, what are we doing? But the reality of it is he's in control in the lives of those who submit their lives to him. There are then other people that are out of his control. I remember one time I was driving down the street. I had a, I, don't know, I think it was a 1984 Chevy Blazer. No, it was a 1998. Boy, the 84 would have been real old. Uh, so about eight or nine years ago, I had a, 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 a 1998 Chevy Blazer. And so, you know, the shocks, you know, they're not all that great. I'm pulling a trailer. This is a small, light-duty, you know, SUV. And, you know, we're on a certain part. Of, we're on Fry Road, headed south, going towards, you know, Mace Road down there. And, you know, every time I go over different bumps, you know, the, the whole thing is... And I'm talking to this guy. We're working together, doing some stuff. And I'm, I'm you, know, you know, we're laughing, having a good time. And I'm talking, and, and we went over one, I guess, two men in it. And he said, hey, hey, You got it? You got it? <laughs> He thought that it got away from me, that I had lost control. I said, no, no, I got it, you know. There are some people that are just out of control. And, of course, the enemy is is going about seeking whom he may devour. So life shouldn't be left to fate. And our perspective in life is should not be to just let whatever God determines be done in our lives. You have to choose God. It's a matter of choice. Somebody say it's a matter of choice. So it's so important that you uh, make the choice to choose life over death. And the way you choose life instead of death, good, Things to happen instead of bad things to happen is with the power of the tongue. So often we've been choosing death by the words that we speak. We were speaking bad things. We were saying what was and what appears to be rather than saying what his word says and things happen that are beyond what the word says. Amen. So the way you do it is you turn around your words and you start speaking life into dead situations. When it doesn't look good, you speak good. Amen? When it feels bad, you don't talk bad, you talk good. Amen? Because he said, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those that love it will eat the fruit thereof. Well, this brings us to where we are today and the message that I want to give. I want to use John chapter 10 and verse 10 once again as we set the table for today's message. In John 10, 10, Jesus said, The thief is only there to steal and kill and destroy. I came so that they can have real life, eternal life, more life, and better life than they ever dreamed of. My question to you is, are you living the life that you dreamed of? Or are you just living life? Is your marriage what you've dreamed? Are your children What you've dreamed. Is your finances what you've dreamed that they would be? If not, then there's a choice left for you to make. Are you going to settle for what you've been experiencing? Or are you going to choose a better life? Somebody is still struggling over the concept of God being in control. He calls heaven and earth to record against you... That he leaves the choice to you. You won't be able to say, well, God, I figured because you're sovereign and you're in control that my life would have been so. I didn't have what I wanted to have, but that's not on me. It's on you, God. You'll never be able to say that. Why? Because he said, I set before you the choice. Now, whether we don't understand it or haven't been doing or making the right choice or something else, but it's not on God that we're not experiencing a better life than what we're experiencing. Amen? Amen. Amen. In the amplified translation of the same verse, just to get a better understanding of it. Again, Jesus says, and the thief that he's referring to is Satan, he says, the thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. That means if stealing is happening, in other words, if bad things or if evil things are happening, it's not God, it's the thief. Amen. He says, but I came... So that you may have life and enjoy life. Are you enjoying the life that you live? Are you enjoying the experience in this life? Well, Jesus came so that you could have life, not just have life, but enjoy. Did you know a person that's in a coma? They're alive, but are they enjoying life? They're not dead, yeah, they've got life, but is it a life to the full? As the scripture says, I came that you might have life, enjoy life, that you may have it in abundance. In other words, he came so that you could have an abundant life to the full till it overflows. So are you living your life to the full? Are you living in an overflow in life? That is the question that we're dealing with today. So I want to talk to you today. About not just choosing life, but choosing abundance. Not just to choose to live, but to choose to live in an overflow. And not just to choose to live life, but to choose to live it to the full. Well, since you have the power to choose between life and death, what kind of life do you choose? I would imagine most of us would choose life, but there's different kinds of lives that you could choose. What kind would you choose? In this, life, you uh, in this life, you get to choose the kind of life that you live. It's not chosen for you. Fate doesn't determine, F-A-T-E, doesn't determine the life that you live. You determine the life that you live. God makes a great life available to you. But you've got to access that life by faith, by believing that it's possible. If you leave your choice to faith, then Satan will choose to steal from you. He will try to kill from you. And he will destroy anything that you already have or anything that you may come to, 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 to have. God will do his best to get you to choose a better life than the one you've been living. But always know this, your best life is not automatic. Your best life is not automatic and your best life is not up to God. It's up to you. In other words, in this life, you will not find a a, a road that lives to a life on flowery beds of ease. You are going to have to fight for the good life that God's made available for you to live. Amen? Amen. Now, if you heed the word of the Lord and choose to choose life over death, good instead of bad, blessings instead of cursings, well, what then kind of life would you choose? I'm going to give you three to choose from. If there were three categories to choose from, would you choose A, a life of having not enough? You're alive, but you don't have enough of what you need in order to enjoy life. Or choose B, a life of just enough. I mean, you have just enough money to make it to this month. Just enough finances to be able to do this or to do that. Just enough where your children are concerned. Or would you choose letter C, a life of more than enough? Oh, it's quiet in this Presbyterian church today. <laughs> Sadly, most of us are living between A and B. We're living a life of not enough or we're living a life of just enough what I came to challenge you today is to choose an abundant life choose a life of more than enough you know what it's like when you don't have enough you know today the 26 and uh
1: <laughs>
0: we still got 5 more days in this month
1: <laughs> come on when you run out of money
0: before you run out of month? you ever been there you start robbing from this guy to give to that guy, amen. Well, that is actually, you know, individuals who's living a life of not enough. They don't have enough money. They don't have enough healing manifested. They don't have enough peace in their life, in their relationships. They don't have enough where their transportation is concerned, where their job is concerned. It's not enough. But then there's so many believers, good meaning Christians, that are living a life of just enough. They got just enough for this month. They don't have enough to pay the rent for next month. Come on. They don't have enough to pay the mortgage for a year in advance. They have just enough. And so many, 78, Dave Ramsey said 78% of Americans live from paycheck to paycheck. Well, that means that some of us in here have just enough to get it till the next time the check comes. Praise God. And this time, the first falls on a Saturday. So what are we going to do about that? (laughs) My challenge to you today is to choose abundance. There is a better life available for you than the one you've been living. Even if you've been living a good life. Even if you have enough for yourself and your family. He came. And this is my my heart cry to you today. He came so that you could have an abundant life. Did you know that God is a God of abundance? He's not a God of just enough. He's certainly not a God of not enough. He is a God. He is God, not a God, because he's the only God. There is no other. Amen. Amen. He is God of more than enough. You know, that is absolutely what the Bible teaches. Matter of fact, in Him revealing Himself to the children of Israel in the Old Testament, He would reveal Himself through different names. One of the names He revealed Himself to the children of Israel is called El Shaddai. It means He will supply. It also means He is more than enough. He's not enough. He's not just enough or not enough. God, come on, if you talk about my father, my dad, he is more than enough. And everything about him speaks abundance. And when you and I engage and come into relationship with God... Because He is a God of abundance, He's not going to leave us in a place of having not enough. He's not even going to cause us to walk in a place of just enough. If we interact and connect with God, He wants in our life what He has in His life. Listen, when He made the heavens, He didn't make just the heaven. He made the heavens, plural, plural. You know, universes are being expanded right now. They say that they're discovering new universes. Well, no, you're just catching up to what is and what was and what has already been set into motion. Come on, the, the, He didn't make just one star for our galaxy. He spread out the stars that burn in distances beyond imagine. He set them in course to the point of their innumerable as it relates to the human experience. He didn't just make one angel or a few angels or just enough angels for every believer that walks on the planet. He made an innumerable company of angels. You can't even count them. Why? Because he is the God, he is God of abundance. Hallelujah. And I want to challenge you today is to always remember God is God of abundance. If you ever find yourself in a place of not having enough, if you ever find yourself of just constantly being in a place of just enough, I want you to remember always the God that you serve is God of more than enough. That means there's more for you to experience than what you've been experiencing. And then that means the choice is not on him. Come on, come on, why? Because he set abundance in front of you and you get to choose. You say, well, pastor, you know, don't get my hopes up because, you know, I'd like to think that I can live in a bigger house than the one that I'm living. I'd like to think that I could drive. You know, you know, you can have too much car. I rode in a Rolls Royce one time. It changed my life. Now, now wait a minute. I don't mean like on the level of Jesus changing my life. But man, I didn't know that a car could feel like that driving down the road. He shut the door. I'm in the back seat. He shut the door and it felt like I was in an envelope or a vacuum. I don't know what it's like to be in a... Well, a vacuum would be loud. But anyway, y'all know what I'm saying now. It just felt like the world was just closed off from around. Is the engine on? Are the birds still singing? Is the air blowing? Now, matter of fact, when you ride home, just listen. Turn off the radio and hear what you can hear. You can hear the hole that you hit in the ground.
1: <laughs> the wind blow hard. You can hear
0: the wind blow. Man, he closed that door and that rose right some, but, but there are some people that believe that's just too much. That's just too much car. Three hundred thousand dollars for a car? No, oh, God.
1: But I mean, you think if God,
0: if Jesus were on the planet, would He ride in a Rolls Royce? Oh, I'm starting to I'm starting to turn over some sacred cows there. Well, now hold on there, brother pastor. I don't believe in all of that, that excessive prosperity preaching now. You seem to be a good young man and that you have your head on. And I heard one time that you still drive a 2004 pickup truck. So that's why I came to this church. But Brother Pastor, now don't get beyond. God's not into that excessiveness and extravagance. Or is he? What kind of God? Do we serve? And I really call that into question because would you choose a six bedroom house if it was up to you? No, I'm good with a three bedroom. Well, then your family coming to town, they got to get a motel. Well, that's just too much house to clean. And when Jesus comes along and and through his work, he says, I'm going unto the Father, and in my father's house there are many mansions. He doesn't say many efficiencies.
1: (laughs) There's a real nice apartment complex over in Glory. A condo, right? In many of my husband,
0: many condo. Bungalow townhouse, right? I looked up the definition of a mansion. It's a place, it can't can't be called a mansion if it doesn't have, uh, if it has anything less than six bedrooms in it. Is that too much house for you to believe? I'm going to show you some, and so I've I've provoked thought, but I want to show you some scriptures that reveal God as El Shaddai. God who's more than enough. And as you experience him, he will cause to be in your life an all. overflow of abundance. He'll cause you to have too much. So remember this, first of all, that God is God of abundance. Where do you get that from, Pastor? I get it from Genesis in chapter 13.
1: You know, in chapter
0: 12, he told Abraham, I want you to leave where you are. God always starts where you are. You know, maybe you're in a good place. God always starts where you are. Maybe you're in a bad place. God always starts where you are. He says, I want you to leave where you are. I want you to go to a place. And I'm going to bless you. Now, according to Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 22, the Bible says that the blessing of the Lord, it makes rich. And he has no sorrow with it. Is it real? Is it true that God wants me to be rich? You have to embrace that because the choice for you to be rich is actually up to you because he's made that kind of life available. What the Bible says, though, is that the blessing of the Lord, it makes rich and he has no sorrow to it. Abraham was blessed by the Lord in, in Genesis chapter 12. By the time we find him in Genesis chapter 13 and verse 2, the Bible says that Abraham was very rich in livestock and silver and in gold. When he left, he left everything behind. And in a process of time... He got to the place where the Bible says he was very rich. And, matter of fact, he was so rich that it overflowed into his family members' lives. Lot, his nephew, verse 5 said, He went with Abraham. He had flocks and herds and tents. And, sure enough, in verse 6, now the land was not able to support them that they might dwell together, for their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. How many of y'all know that's abundance? When you've got too many microwaves and too many dishwashers and too many uh, uh, washing machines and dryers, come on. When you've got too many cars and that's too many cars to be in that driveway. Yeah, but you ever drive by somebody's house and they got like five or six cars in the driveway? Oh, y'all quiet. And oftentimes like three or four families are living there too. That's too much. Well, Abraham and Lot were dwelling together, and they had too many, too many cows. They had too many sheep. They had too many donkeys, too many horses, too many goats. Matter of fact, they had so many because of the blessing of the Lord that even the land could not support them. The sheep are eating up all the grass. The cows are drinking up all the water. Come on. Hey, we're getting to the place where we got to move. These guys, man, well, the, 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 the goats are hungry, and there ain't nothing left. Come on, are you seeing the picture that's painted in Scripture? He's a too much God. He gave him too many. Is that the God we serve? Yes, it is. How about in the book of Luke chapter five? You say, well, that's the Old Testament. Can you show me God being too much in the New Testament? In Luke chapter five, I'm going to read this whole story. So let me read it. So it was as the multitude pressed about to hear the word of God that he stood at the lake of Gennesaret. Jesus did. There sat two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them, and they were washing their nets. Jesus got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and he asked to put out a little from the land. He sat down in the boat, and he talked to multitudes from the boat. When he stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets, plural, for a catch. But Simon answered and said, Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down... One net. Come on. When he had done this, they caught a great number of fish. And their net was breaking. And the Bible says in verse 7, so they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. Because there were two boats. And they came and they filled both boats. So that they began to sink. Peter saw, he fell down at Jesus' feet saying, depart from me, I'm a sinful man. I want you to get this story and understand it when you read it. This actually happened. Jesus was preaching the word of God like I'm preaching. People came just like you are coming, pressing in to hear the word of God. They pressed him all the way till he started getting back up to his feet was getting wet. And they were still coming. And he said, well, maybe if I sit in this boat, because they don't have a boat, and if I can get in that boat, then they can only come so far. I bet you there were people leaning on the boat, listening to Jesus preach. Kind of like people in Facebook and YouTube. They're leaning on the boat. Amen. And sure enough, after preaching for every amount of time, he wants to be a blessing. He wants to be a what? Bless. A blessing unto Peter. And he says, Peter, thank you for letting me use your boat. Hey, go on out there to the deep, and I want you to let down a bunch of nets, several nets, a few nets, for a catch. Peter was like, it's daytime. You don't fish in the daytime. The fish can see the net. And you do the preaching, we'll do the fishing. Amen, preacher. But to be nice to you, (laughs) I'll let down one net just to be nice, you know, because he's already feeling bad because he's got things going on in his life. Amen. So he was nice. He went out there. He let down that old raggedy net. He takes in too many fish for the
1: net. Woo!
0: Man, I'm preaching whether you say that man or not. I'm telling you, the blessing of the Lord is for abundance. God caused more sick. How many of y'all know God knows the breaking point on the net? He could have had the perfect number of fish get in that net before it broke. So the day wouldn't be in a situation where they're trying to put the fish into the boat. Normally you get a a net like that, you can drag it to the shore, and you can take all that hauling that and not worry about your, your boat sinking and your net staring. No. God gave them too many fish. So many fish they called the guys from the other boat. Amen. They filled up both. They're standing knee deep in fish. How I many of you say, why is it knee deep? Well, because after this, Peter normally say that he fell out Jesus' feet. But the Bible says he fell at Jesus' knees. Why? He's standing in fish. it's just flopping. Okay,
1: anyway. <laughs> what am I trying to
0: show you? This is the God that we serve. Listen, the gates in the kingdom of heaven are pearls and jewels and gems. The streets are paved with gold. There's no level of extravagance that could exceed the splendor of our God. There is a better life than you've been living. What am I saying to you? Don't settle where you are. Believe for better, and you'll see it come to pass. We serve the Lord, who we call our shepherd. You know, Psalm twenty three we learned from the time that we were a child, the Lord is our shepherd, I shall not want, right? He makes me to lie down the green pepper. Notice he doesn't say, The Lord is my shepherd, and I'm full of want. Amen. If we took a poll in a survey and we passed it out, is there anything you want or need in life? Oh, yeah, Pastor, I need this. I need to be married. I need some money. I need a job. Come on, There' There's some things that I want and I need in life. God doesn't want you just to have your needs being met. He knows what things you have need of, And he'll supply all your need according to his riches, which are in overflowing abundance. But he's not interested in you just having your needs met. He's not interested in you just having enough. He wants your wants to be met. I thought about it. Amen. What if I had a bigger house? Then I could have more people guests to the house that come in from out of town. What if I had a nicer car? What if I was able to take a nicer vacation? It gives God glory. Your lives are intended to glorify God. They say that a wife is the glory of her husband. When she's beautiful, it's like a crown of glory to the husband, right? You are the bride of the Lord. If you are raggedy and torn in your life, emotionally, financially, you're broke. That brings no glory to God. What I'm challenging you is to worship God on another level by believing for the best. And choosing abundance. (laughs) This is a good word from God today. I'm almost done. So watch this. So the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Yeah, that's the way it should be. Shouldn't be. I'm full of want. The Bible says in Psalm 34 and 10 that the young lions do hunger and suffer lack. But they that seek the Lord shall not want for any good thing. You ever been there where they had the good and the better and the, and the best? In this life, you can partake of the best that the land has to offer. Even when you get down to stanza five, he says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. Watch this. My cup does what? Runs over. Now, doesn't the Lord know when the cup is full? He could bring it to the last drop that one drop beyond this will call it to just brim over and spill over onto the ground. But what does God do? He pours into your life and keeps on pouring. If you were sitting at a table and the waitress came and, you know, you started pouring and filling up your cup, they can give you half a cup. You think, well, that's not enough. They can give you a full cup. Which is just enough. But if they stood there and poured and poured and poured, it's spilling and running. Oh, hey, hey, you're, running, you, you're overflowing the cup. Yeah, I know. It's running off the table. <laughs> That's what God is doing in your life. He causes your cup to just run over. Amen. Amen. The last one I give you before we go to the last point is this. In Luke 6.38, what does he say? He says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, running, uh, shaking together and what running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure you use, it'll be measured back to you again. Amen. So God is a overflowing running over. He doesn't want you to just have enough. He wants to run it over. You all get that point. God is God of abundance. Point number two is don't settle for less. Amen. Don't be content and comfortable with less. Yes, be content with what you have, but don't settle is what I'm trying to say for something less than abundance in life. Amen. Amen. Why is that? You know, the children of Israel got to the place where they wanted to go back to Egypt. They thought that it was better for them to go back to Egypt than to go to the promised land of abundance. Don't allow any circumstance in your life keep you from moving forward. As far as they could see, they were at the foot of an impassable body of water. But with God, all things are possible. All he needs is your faith in him for the life that he's created for you. Amen. They were standing at the foot of the water and they decided, you know what, Moses, this is your fault. You should have left us in Egypt. Now Pharaoh and all of his army did lost all their family members. They're breathing down our neck, about to kill us right at this foot. You should have It was better for us in Egypt. In Egypt, they didn't even have the proper equipment to make bricks by. To build the pyramids. They had, you know, slime for more. They weren't even equipped with the proper food. But yet they thought it was better to be in a place of not enough than to be with their hopes lifted up for a life of more than enough. Notice what happened. In Exodus 14 and 12, is this not what we told you when we were in Egypt? We said, leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than we should die in the wilderness. What am I telling you? Don't settle just because it seems like bad things are before you, just because it seems like it's impossible for you to live this, this extravagant, blessed life of abundance. Don't settle because of fear. Amen. They did it again in the book of Numbers. They got through this miraculous situation. God delivered them. They walked on on dry ground. But now they're getting ready to go into this land of abundance in the wilderness. Notice this. He gave them their daily bread. He gave them in the wilderness just enough. He took, oh, glory, I got to calm down. I feel like you all are done with the message, but I'm not done yet. Can you all just give me a couple of more minutes? Think about this. In Egypt, they didn't have enough. In the wilderness, they had just enough. And in the promised land, it was a land of more than enough. I don't know where you are. In your life right now You might be in a place Where it's not enough Don't settle to stay there Don't think that it's better there Than to believe beyond what you can see Press on and go a little bit further And if you find yourself In a land of just enough What is just enough? Where you're living from miracle to miracle Have you ever been there? Oh God If you, if you can hear me now Lord If you're there Lord God I'm asking you Jesus It's the tw- 26th of the month. And you know the rent is due, oh God.
1: And I'm asking you, God, to please call. Please call. Please call. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: if you find yourself and you're in that place of just enough, don't allow the Fear of the threat of what's about to come keep you from believing in the life that he made already available for you. Amen? They are in the wilderness about to cross over into the promised land. But they find out that it's difficult over there. That you got to have certain qualifications. That in order to be approved for this, you got to have that. And, and they looked at it and they said, well, there's no way we're going to be able to do that. Who are you? God said it was yours. And you looked at it and said, well, it's impossible. Who should you go with? Go with God. Right? But because of fear, they said it would have been better for us to die in the wilderness or better for us to go back to Egypt. Then for you to take us, keep our hopes up for a life that's beyond just enough to a life of more than enough. Very simply, all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, the whole congregation, and said to them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt, if only we had died in the wilderness, why has the Lord brought us out into this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? What am I saying to you? Don't settle for less. Don't settle for just enough. Press. Choose a life of abundance. Choose abundance. How do you choose abundance? You choose it with words. Yeah. The tongue is the key. He said it. We read it. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be moved. A mountain to move? Did he really mean that? Was he speaking literally? Or was he speaking figuratively? Or is it both literal and figurative? There are some of us are dealing with mountains in their lives right now which is seemingly by definition impossible, impossible to be moved. The diagnosis of a cancer is usually a terminal diagnosis. The diagnosis of infertility is usually a permanent diagnosis. You can go ahead and play softly. I'm sorry. Amen. Um, Figuratively, there are some of us that are faced with mountains. Could it be that he really meant what he said? Yeah, whosoever shall say that this mountain, be moved, be cast into the sea. And don't doubt in his heart, but believes what he says, he shall have what he says. I will live an abundant life. And it won't be built upon the back of the people of Faith Family Church. It'll be because God declared from before I was born the life that he made available for me to live. Choose abundance. How do you choose it? You choose it with words. Like you said in Luke 17 and 6, the Bible says, the Lord said, if, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to a mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted and it will obey you. It starts with your words. When you're standing at that foot of that body of water that's impassable, what do you say? Because what you're saying at that moment is making a choice. If you say, I don't see how this could ever be. I don't know if I'll ever be able. I don't see how we're ever. Then you're going to stay right there. He'll bless you. He'll protect you. He'll keep you as far as he's able. But if you don't choose abundance, then you'll stay right where you are. In the same way, Abraham was faced with a situation of infertility in his body. Even when he was a younger man, he wasn't able to produce the fertile seed to impregnate his wife. Now at an older age, his wife, who even at a younger age, wasn't able to conceive a child, through her body now is past the time of life the Bible says who against hope believed in hope do you believe in the hope of a better life than the one you leave do you believe that it's possible that you can live in abundance where you have more than enough now don't get me wrong a man's life doesn't consist in the abundance of the things that he possesses. But when you engage with God the right way, you'll never be like that rich man that tore down a smaller barn to build a bigger barn so that he could keep his stuff. When you have more suits than you need, and you're a child of God with the wisdom of God, you'll find yourself being, ble- being a blessing to other people who have these. When you have more cars than you need, and you're connected with God, and you have the same heart that God has, where He is a giver and a lover, you'll find somebody that needs a car and give them a car. When you've got more than enough money to pay for your house, you'll find somebody who's believing God and praying, Oh Lord God, will you come by here, and here I am on behalf of God to pay your rent and to pay your mortgage.
1: You can do that
0: when you've got more. Enough. What I'm challenging you to do is don't just choose life. Yeah, choose life. If that's all, if that's where you are, choose life. But I want to challenge you choose abundance. The Bible says, as I close, and I appreciate you all allowing me to go over time today. It says, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, even God, who gives life. To the dead. Hallelujah. And he calls those things which be not as though they did. God calls things which do not exist in the natural as though they already did exist. He doesn't look at the circumstance and say what he sees. I'm glad when he stepped out at the beginning of time, he didn't say, It's dark. That's what he saw But what he said Light be And it began and still is And it's still gone Right Don't say what you see Don't say what the doctor says Don't say what the bank account says The Bible says in Joel chapter 3 Let the weak say that I'm strong I go beyond that and I say Let the poor say I'm rich Let the sick say I'm healed so that, Let the bound say I'm free Don't say what's going on. Oh, it's dark. Our marriage looks bad. Say what you want to see. Stand up with me. I'm done. Say what you want to see. And you'll see abundance in every area of your life. Did y'all get anything out of this? Come on. Y'all get anything out of this? This was just for you today. Don't settle. Don't get comfortable. Press in. If you got a good car, believe for a better car. If you got a good house, Believe for a bigger house. Oh, what well, I don't need... Oh, man, go back to the beginning of the message and start again. Amen. If you got good money, believe for better money. If you got good clothes, believe for better clothes. If you got good kids, believe that they'll get better. You don't need no more than what you already have. Come on, come on, come on.
1: I'm
0: convinced two is a good number. Wow. <laughs> Hold your hands up before God. I want to pray for you, Lord. I pray for these that are under the sound of my voice. May your blessing be bestowed upon their life. May the spirit of wisdom and revelation reveal in their hearts beyond what was said. Show them how they can choose abundance in every area of their life in the name of Jesus. Now, while every head is bowed and every eye is closed in prayer, I don't want.